Okay, um, I, I thought this morning I'd talk to you about a new hobby that I've taken up, which um, some of you will be really impressed. So I've brought along a sample for you to see what I've been practicing recently. Dawn, don't look like that. <laughs> sorry, don't do one for you. Oh, sorry. My new hobby, flower arranging. How's that? I started this morning. <laughs> um, as you can see, I may not be pursuing this as a career, though. But um, this is, is part of the illustration that I feel God has given me um, in terms of what he's kind of been stirring in me probably over the last six to eight weeks. And I want to talk about, to begin with, the most important part of a flower arrangement, which I'm sure Dawn and Millie, if Millie's here, would know. And it happens to be, see, I even have some as well, this. Woo! Right, can anyone tell me what this is? Oasis. So, as I understand, because I practiced this morning, what you do is you put this in a bowl of water. You don't push it under, otherwise it gets air bubbles in, I'm assured. And it soaks up the water. You cut it to the shape you want, just to fit my little dish here. You see I had to trim it. And then you beautifully arrange your cut flowers. John? <laughs> you beautifully arrange your cut flowers, which I didn't quite manage this morning. But the, the oasis, the purpose of the oasis is to feed water into the flowers so that they can last longer. Because obviously, as we know, once you cut a flower, it's going to die eventually. And uh, the thing about oasis is it really has a short lifespan. Um, when people have done flower arrangements for me in the past, I have discovered that if you don't actually keep feeding water to the oasis, it eventually dries out and the flowers die much more quickly. But of course, the flowers can't live because there's no source, there's no sustenance, there's no ability to root in there. And eventually, you have to ditch it and get another bit of oasis and start again. And uh, I, I was kind of thinking about this and thinking that's how many of us live. We kind of go from one encounter with God or one meeting to the next where we feel that we kind of suck up the presence of God, we suck up the Holy Spirit, we get kind of topped up and we go back out and we look beautiful for a while and things look good on the outside for a while. But there's no root, there's no sustenance. And it's difficult for us when we live in that kind of mode to sustain a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of fulfillment. And, and it, very quickly, it feels like we become dry again and we need refilling. But I'd like to suggest to you today that that's never been God's plan for us. 
Um, in fact, in the Old Testament, he talked about the children of Israel had turned away from the spring of living water and had built their own water tanks, but the water tanks would dry up and couldn't hold water. And as I've been thinking this stuff through, God's drawn my attention to a number of scriptures, which I'm going to read to you, going to talk a little bit about. John 7.38 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then we have the picture of the woman at the well in Samaria when Jesus meets her. And he said to her in John 4, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So I was kind of mulling these things over. And I was drawn particularly to the word will. If I believe in Jesus, rivers of water will flow. And I was thinking, oh, not might flow or will flow if I do this, this, and this. Jesus was fairly definite that once we've come to him, once we've opened ourselves and surrendered to him, that river of life will flow. It's not an option. We don't choose it. It happens supernaturally by the power of God. And I guess we would all agree, wouldn't we, that if God says something, then it's probably likely to happen whether we like it or not. And our only qualification is to actually believe in him and receive the Holy Spirit, the river of life. And then I was thinking, uh, we don't always feel like that, do we? Uh, you know, that's kind of not how reality is for us most of the time. And God's been taking me on a journey over the last few months where he's been helping me to recognize where that river of life is flowing. I was in Tesco's about two months ago and uh, I just popped in there very quickly to buy some stuff. So I was going through the, you know, the basket to check out. And uh, I'd noticed this lady with some children in the bit adjacent to it where they do the self-service checkout and uh, I was just going through with my basket and um, then I kind of tuned into this conversation that was going on behind me um, and I was thinking okay right no I've got to get my basket need to go and, and then I was kind of you know tuning in even more and oh I've left me bank card at home oh Right, and then rummaging through the purse. Oh, I haven't got enough for the shopping. And the assistant comes over, right, looking in the basket. And I'm just thinking, okay, I've got to go. But then I felt, no, I've got something that can overflow here. So I turned round, said to the lady who was dealing with me, you'll just hold a minute. She looked at me like I'd landed from Mars. And... Um, turned around to this other lady who'd forgotten her bank card and said, I'll pay for your shopping. 
And there was this kind of conversation going between her and me. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, no. Um, and in the end, she didn't accept it. And I said, I'll, I'll pay for the bits you've got to put back. No, she wouldn't accept that. But the thing was, when I got back to the car, I just felt such an overwhelming sense of God's love. It was kind of like I'd risked something and allowed God to open up an overflow of his love and his river. And that was fun, but scary. You see, the purpose of that flow, the river of life, is not just for my benefit. It's not all about me. Me having a good time with God, me being in a place of peace and a place of joy. A river's intended to flow out, isn't it? He didn't say a well, you'll have a well of water. He said a river of water. A river has a destination. A river has a journey, a purpose, place to go. It flows somewhere. And that's what God's got for us. Then I was looking at Psalm 84, where it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is a desert as I understand, they make it a spring. Oh, you know, we were driving through Dagenham last night, and I was saying to Greg, this is a horrible place to live. This, you know, why are we living in Dagenham? This is our desert. This is the desert where God's placed us. So am I going to walk around thinking, this is a horrible place to live? Or am I going to risk something and say, God, the river of life's in me. Where I go, you can cause springs of life to burst out. And when we find our source in God, he intends that wherever we are, there's going to be a flow of life that comes out of us. He's designed us to be springs in the desert. So then I was thinking about, okay, this oasis is no good. Let's think about a far more interesting kind of oasis. And then I started thinking about the oasis that we see in desert places. Um, and because there's enough of you to do this, you can help me a bit. So who's ever, has anybody ever seen an oasis in a desert? Yeah. Okay, Kim, what's it like? Okay, totally different from the landscape. Green, you nearly use the word verdant, which I would have to then define for the audience. Green will do. Um, Totally different from the surrounding landscape. Somebody else over here said they'd seen a, an oasis. Who was that? Julie? Oh. Anything to add? Okay. Yeah, so trees, shade. Always found in a desert or a barren place. 
They provide a source of water, a source of life to a dead environment. You often find animals, vegetation, trees, a whole new ecosystem developed. And uh, you probably don't know this, but the largest oasis in the world is apparently the Nile Delta. It started as an oasis. And because um, I, I, I like words, I kind of looked up the word oasis. And it's not a word we particularly find in the Bible. But the original meaning of the word also meant a dwelling place, a place where people gather to live together. So it's not just about a one-off stop for a drink, but a place where people can reside, where there's life, where there's community. And then, because I'm a bit weird, I was thinking, okay, so how the heck do you get in the middle of the Sahara Desert a pool of water with trees, animals, etc. And apparently, um, they're formed by underground springs or underground rivers that travel underground. You can't see them. And when the river comes to, big word coming, impermeable rock, which those geography students amongst us would know is rock that water can't pass through, it's forced to the surface. Which I was thinking, God, that's interesting, isn't it? Because all of us come across situations and circumstances which we feel like we can't push through on. We live in a hard place. We are surrounded by things which seem to be blockages, seem to prevent us from pushing forward. But I'd kind of like to suggest to you that rather than us thinking, this is hard, God, let the water burst out. Because I think he intends that, that those things which actually the enemy intends will prevent us from moving on in his purposes, will prevent us from enjoying what God's got for us, are actually the very things that God can use to cause a bursting out of the life of God within us. And what stops us? I guess for most of us, we don't even think about the river of life that's in us. We don't think we have the very same spirit in us that raised a dead man 2,000 years ago. We don't think he's there. And this is a season where God wants us to come back to that place where we know his presence on a continual basis. This is a season where he wants us to rule over the circumstances, not to be ruled by them. This is a season when he wants us to be risk-takers and bold rather than fearful and afraid. Because if the living God's in me, gosh, I have all that I need to succeed in what God gives me to do. So I just want to finish by reading a passage from Isaiah 35, which I feel is part of our mandate. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, 
Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, because, because waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. We are those waters. We are those springs. There's something more that God's got for us about allowing his life to burst out of us, to strengthen those around us who haven't got strength, to help those who can't walk to walk, to show the salvation of our God to the desert in which we live. This is our moment. This is our time. This is a time when God's saying, come on, let the river flow, because I've said it will flow. Jeremy. Seems to me that this is good for us and good for where he's placed us. Good for us to be um, making a difference in a desert place. Good because it's God's provision. What God's provided that we should live in a a realm that makes a difference. It's good that it comes from God and it's supernatural. We're going to come back into waiting on God and receiving from Him. Let me come back to what we said earlier, just, just a little while ago. See, God has placed something in us Lisa used the scripture so accurately to define the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead actually dwells in our mortal bodies. The same spirit that demonstrated a total conquering of death, a conquering of the enemy, a conquering of any aspects of the enemy. You know, I don't really want to live in a restricted world Last week we talked about uh, kind of struggling or existing or we wrapped it up in talking about the survival being the lowest form of life. What we're really talking about is what God wants is the the overcoming, the victories, about living in the abundance. Abundance is nothing like the corrupted nonsense that people are being fed in this erroneous sort of doctrinal stuff uh, about uh, prosperity. Abundance is about having enough and to spare. Abundance is actually, biblically, about what God has given us for others. And if we... We allow the enemy in some way to contain us to merely existing. It's not just we live in a way that's less than what God intended. It actually means that we don't fulfill what God has got us here for. 
in terms of being an oasis. So let's receive that. Let's receive it as a, an exhortation, an encouragement, but much more a declaration of what is real and what is true and what God has got for us. Let's turn now to a time of just, just seeking God, just waiting on God, that we want, let's make the statement, we want all that he has. We don't want to live in a substandard way. We want the fullness of what he's got. Let's invite God the Holy Spirit to bring us and release us into that place of being those who live in the fullness of what God's given us to the point that there's an overflow. Does that sound about right? Hmm. Father, we come to you now. We receive the truth of your word. If we believe on your, on your name, we believe in you, we trust in you, we commit ourselves to you, then out of our innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord, that this is not just a place where we dwell, a place where we sup in a limited manner for ourselves, but this is a place, Lord, where we access the fullness of what you have purposed so that we are not just overcomers, but we're overflowers into the very things that you have called us to do, that we are those who demonstrate by the supernatural outworking the life and power and the reality and the freshness and the enthusiasm and the, 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 the joy of actually knowing you and walking in you and finding that there is something that is deep within that you've placed by a supernatural miracle that causes there to come a rising up, a lifting up, an overflowing, an ability to be a channel of your life and your blessing. Yes. Lord, this is our desire that we live in the fullness of what you purpose, that we are not just merely a reflection of the surrounding desert, but we become something fundamentally different to the desert, to the limitations, to the restrictions, to the norm, that we actually show forth your life and your glory. Oh, come, Lord. Come, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit.